Hey you, welcome to the Spark Faith Podcast, where we have conversations about the fact that we really don't have it all figured out. And I am going to have conversations with women who openly admit that they don't have it all figured out. So these are going to be messy conversations about faith, and work and faith and health and faith and life and faith and relationships and mash all of those things up and whatever spills out, we are gonna talk about it. So we are gonna have some serious fun on this podcast and I am so excited to be here and to bring this to you. What I'm not super excited about is telling my story. So I have, I'm just gonna be like the I don't have it all figured out today person because I don't have it all figured out. I um, And telling this story feels super awkward in this way and I'm gonna do it anyway because it's part of moving forward in our lives is doing things that, that feel weird and uncomfortable and making it through to the other side because it's not gonna kill us, right? So I, <laughs> I um, am gonna tell you a little bit about my life and my story, where I came from, how I grew up, what I did, um, some of the pitfalls, some of my faith story, and bring it up to the present so that you can have a better idea of some of the messy ups and downs in my life that I've made it through to the other side and how my faith wound through that, how God protected me through some, some spaces and how sometimes I was really mad at him um, and I didn't feel like he was protecting me at all and I'm gonna leave that one hanging because that'll be fun to tell you the other side of the story at this time. So I grew up, my dad is a rocket scientist. Yeah, not even kidding. So academically, I was always challenged uh, to be super smart, right? My mom stayed at home mom until my sister Nikki and I were teenagers and academics and dance and I guess church to some extent and my mom were the constants in my life. Even though we moved around a lot, I never felt like I fit in anywhere except at dance class. Um, and so dance became a really big part of where I felt super accepted in my life. I did write some notes down because I found it very difficult to pull all the pieces together in some sort of chronological order. So I'm gonna be looking at some notes here just a little bit just to make sure that things make sense. So I grew up in the Episcopal Church, which is a more liturgical, very formal, robes, big crucifix at the front of the church. Uh, that's the way I grew up. I didn't grow up with much of a relationship with God and that was that wasn't the big push in the Episcopal Church. It was more like go to church. That was what you did and that's how you got to heaven. You went to church. And so <laughs> that was my that was my view of church. And so when I was around 16, 17 and we were in another move and transition, I pretty much rebelled away from church. I was a 4-0 student basically and told my parents I was quitting high school. I'm just gonna dance and I'm gonna work and you can't tell me what to do. And uh, of course my parents looked all over the place for some kind of better solution and we found one and I ended up graduating a year early from high school. I know, so yeah, smart and 
um, and really a hard season, right? And I didn't have the church, and I pretty much walked away from it because I was being for it was forced. It was a forced thing. So again, just being authentic about that, I don't do. I personally don't do well when I'm forced. I, how do you do when you're forced? You tell me. I would love to hear your stories about being forced to do things and how you responded um, in your life. The way I got attention in my life, however, was dancing and making straight A's. So that I was really good at, and I did that all the way through. Maybe that's bragging, I don't know, but I would think that you'd want your doctor to have a good grade, so I did. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I went to college a year early, and um, was not ready for that experience at all. I was not ready for that experience at all, and I got kicked out and lost a full ride. Pretty messy, pretty messy. And my parents were clearly disappointed and unhappy and swore they would never pay for college again. And <laughs> so I went to work full time. I had already been working since I was 15. I worked as a waitress. Yep, not glamorous, just worked. And then I worked retail uh, at that time. I became the youngest manager of a company and I learned how to go out at night and I learned how to party. And at the time, the drinking age was younger. It was a very different time. I am 57 years old right now, so do the math and know that things were very, very different. It was, I lived in Florida at the time and it was, yeah, it was just a very, it was a different era where things were a little bit looser around things. So my faith had pretty much dropped off the planet by then. And I, I do feel like after, um, after some, after a pretty promiscuous time in my life, not proud to say it, uh, God dropped a, a wonderful gay male friend into my life who pretty much protected me for about 18 months until I could get on my feet again and decide to go back to school and get serious about a career and what I was gonna do next. And I did. And I don't know if that was God protecting me, but it really feels like looking back that he kept me out of some messes by allowing this new friend in my life. It didn't necessarily cut down on the partying and the fun that I was having. However, um, it did keep me out of some, of some of the uglier places in my life. So then uh, I went back to junior college and you know that's yep not pedigreed just went back to junior college because i had a year of school that i had to redo and i had to get my grades back where i knew they could be and i had to prove to my dad that i was actually very serious about school uh during that time and i did and i was and i was back to my normal academic self and i was dancing still and loving it and decided, okay, what am I gonna do when I finish junior college, right? And I was dating somebody who said, hey, I'm gonna move to New York, I'm a photographer, and I'm like, cool, let's go to New York, right? So I applied to Columbia and NYU and got into both schools and was gonna do pre-med at NYU. Moved up, we, um, yes, this is before I was 20, right? 
we moved to New York City and I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to start school. And then I lost my entire social network and I lost my entire support structure and I didn't really, I didn't really assimilate into the city very well. And so I had to move back home. And, you know, honestly, I remember crying in the dean's office and he was so gracious and like gave my parents money back. And it was, again, it was a different era where people could be people and it wasn't just this regimented, no, that's not gonna happen kind of thing. So I moved home and started working again and decided to go to University of Central Florida, UCF, where I ultimately uh, earned degrees in biology and psychology. And my parents, someplace along the line during all that time, they got divorced. And so that was kind of a weird time. And um, I had always seen my parents very separately, so it kind of didn't come as a surprise to me. Um, and I was super excited about two years later when my dad actually remarried. And he had this thing that they called this Christ-centered marriage. And I was like, wow, that's that's kind of interesting. Huh, I wonder how that works. Cool, well you do that and I'm gonna watch on the sidelines. And actually I started going to church a little bit here and there again and got involved with sorority where there was a little bit more faith and grounded a little bit more in my faith. And like I always understood that God was running through my life. I just didn't always take time to acknowledge it or acknowledge him or pray or any of those things that most of my now Christian friends would do. Um, I Once I got into my pre-med stuff, I decided to go to chiropractic school. So I took definitely the road less traveled and had to defend that choice several times within my undergrad experience um, in a couple of leadership positions. I had to defend why I wanted to be a chiropractor instead of a medical doctor. And I realized that really I felt like that God made our bodies to heal themselves. I had learned that and I had become completely in, entrenched and in love with DNA. I know it's kind of a geeky thing to say, be in love with DNA. I just couldn't, I couldn't see how, for me, I couldn't understand how anybody else could see DNA and not see an intelligent designer. And in my world, that was my Christian God, right? That he designed us by this DNA stuff. And it was just totally fascinating to me. So I knew that our body had the capability of healing itself. And that was the type of healing I wanted to be involved in not the other kind. I'd also had a couple of very bad experiences, young. Um, I was told, oh, you're gonna weigh 300 pounds um, by a couple different medical doctors and uh, clearly no. And I just didn't wanna have that kind of relationship with my patients. I wanted to help them heal. So that was my decision around chiropractic school. And my mom had also always seen a chiropractor. I don't know if you know this part of my story. It's on my website and stuff. And so she was also instrumental in that. And 
you know, she really pushed a healthy lifestyle and exercise and all of those pieces of functional medicine that we teach now was just part of my normal life. I didn't know that there was another way to eat. Um, we weren't allowed to have Twinkies and Oreos and all those kind of things. That was not, my mom made everything. Oh, we had cookies. Mm -hmm. They were homemade. <laughs> we weren't allowed to have any of that stuff from the grocery store. So my faith and, and the church really crept in and out of my life a lot. Uh, when I moved up here to Chicago area to go to chiropractic school, there was no time for church. I tried to find a church kind of half-heartedly. And when I would go home, of course, I would go with my dad and spent a lot of time with my dad talking about faith um, in, in that and just just kind of listening to his journey with Nancy, um, my stepmom. And they did have a beautiful marriage and they did have something that um, I hadn't seen before in my life. And I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of cool. And, um, you know, I started dating um, Dave, the dad of my, my kid's dad, um, in 1990. And so, like, my dad had just gotten remarried around that time. And so, like, we, we saw that relationship and he was... He had grown up in the Baptist church, but had fallen away from his faith. And so we picked up this faith thing together. And it was part of what made us a couple eventually. And we had some rough times. I mean, we dated seven years before we got married. And there was probably about six or eight months in there that we didn't see each other because of some poor communication and both of us needing some space to get some pieces of our own lives straightened out. And you know, God really played a big role and, and his hand was in all of that mix and all of that mess, right? And we came out on the other side in 97 and got married and stayed in the church after that. And so it was really such a beautiful woven piece of how God ended up back in my life at that time and how I could see it play out in a relationship in a positive way through my dad. Uh, at, at one point in our marriage, a friend of ours invited us to go to non-denominational church. Dave had switched over to the Episcopal church. That was where we had been going. And we went to Willow Creek Community Church, which is a very, very large church um, here in the western suburbs. And this was 20, 25 years ago or more. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? I don't want to be here. This doesn't feel like church. It feels very irreverent. I didn't understand until the music started. And all the years of dance just came back and I was like, oh, I get this. I can, I can groove to that and bop to that. And then the words came up on the screen and all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is very different church and this is teaching me things that I didn't even know about and I looked in the bulletin and it was like oh you could there's spiritual gifts I can learn about my spiritual gifts I want to know what the spiritual gifts are and I was like hey can we come back I want to come back after like apologizing to God about why why am I here and I shouldn't be here and so you know, as God has us move through our life into places where we don't expect to be and expect to land, I landed in a place where I learned about my spiritual gifts. And that actually 
started to change the way I practice. When I got out of chiropractic school, I started my own practice in 92. And, you know, I brought, I was able to bring my faith into my practice to some extent with, with some of my patients. And I would pray before I would go into rooms and before I would touch my patients and before I would figure out what their nutrition needed to be in my head, you know, and sometimes with them if they were hurting. And I was able to start bringing that in and my gifts are faith and discernment and teaching. And so I, I knew that I had a gift for teaching and I knew that God wanted me to teach. And so I started teaching spiritual gifts and I started teaching some classes on detox and I started teaching in the practice more. And, you know, I heard God's leading probably 10 or 12 years ago and we'll get there but I knew even back then that I was to be teaching and teaching with faith and health put together and I'm gonna say more about that in just a few minutes so I didn't get married until I was 33 and we were married a long time before we decided to have kids um, I was 30, turning 39 when I had Callan in 2003 and just getting ready to turn 41 when I had Cooper in 2005. And so I had my kids later and that was awesome. It worked great for us. I did have um, a place where my faith really, really played a big role in my health. And that was right after I had Callan. I had terrible postpartum and I really didn't know what to do. All I knew was I wasn't able to serve God in that time the way I wanted to and the way I wanted to be able to show up. I was brain foggy and couldn't pull words and couldn't speak well and I was doing it anyway and I was overly tired and completely adrenally exhausted on the verge of an autoimmune disorder and I, I had a lot of health issues that I was really in denial about until, you know, my husband says, you know, you, you really, you gotta figure this out. And I said, you know, you're right. I really don't feel good. And there's something going on. And I couldn't see it for myself. And a lot of times we can't always see our health issues. Even as physicians, we can't see them for ourselves. And we can't always figure it out. And I was of the ilk of not asking for help, right? Uh-uh, I got this because if I have to ask for help, I'm not competent. Puh, posh on that, right? So I did. I, I went one weekend to some a continuing ed class and ran into a colleague who said, you need some help. And I went to him for help and paid him for his help and got some help. And within about three months, my postpartum was gone. And so, and I was able then to figure out how to work in the ministries, but I realized then how much my health played a role in my faith and my ability to serve and to serve my patients and to serve God through that. And that was when this whole idea of faith and health was actually born, was born with my daughter 17 years ago. And so I, I did do some speaking and I have done some more talking about it. I feel like if, if Jesus is supposed to live in us, then why is McDonald's right next door in our heart, right? Like that doesn't work together. If I'm in a sugar coma because I ate 14 brownies yesterday, 
how am I going to wake up and be able to hear the Holy Spirit tell me how I'm supposed to serve today? So, you know, that's, to me, it's just, it's about that. It's about serving and how can I show up in a better way and serve in the way that I'm supposed to serve if I'm not healthy first. And so it's like that oxygen mask, right? We have to take care of ourselves first. So I, you know, I, I, my kids grew up in this Christian household. They went to private school for a little while and I started having some marriage issues and we had some pretty big issues. Um, I had taken some, I had worked on a postdoctoral masters and finished that. And that took a lot of time out of the marriage and out of the little kids. And there was a lot of poor communication and some betrayal and just some, just bad, right? And frankly, I'm going to be very honest and open. The church did not rush in to help. Um, I felt like their basic answer was, well, God hates divorce, so don't do that. And if you're going to do that, if that's your decision, then you can't lead in our church and you can't be in our group and you can't be in the in women's Bible study with us. And so I lost a lot of friends during that time. And divorce isn't great. And my ex-husband and I are really good friends to this day because we've worked really hard on it. It has not, it did not come easy. And it, 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 it's messy, right? People are messy, lives are messy, faith is messy. And I felt like during our marriage issues, my faith got very shaky and I got very angry at God for what I felt like was him not protecting me and not protecting our marriage and not protecting our family. And um, when we got divorced, I was really angry at God. And I was just like, you know what? You took my friends, you took my marriage. I certainly had played a big role in it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we can go into that mess um, on another day, but just know I owned my behavior too. It wasn't just his fault and it wasn't just my fault. It was our fault. And um, I think it's safe to say that, like I said, we're, we're friends now and he's remarried and we all have a decent relationship and we co-parent with sanity because we chose it and we went and did the hard work on ourselves and we did the hard work on our relationship. And so after my divorce, I made a ton of really poor decisions, <laughs> really poor. Um, I bought house. I should have just, maybe I should have rented for a while. And the shoulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda is definitely not my personality. So don't take it like that and, and tear it apart. Just know that I can look back and go, oh, there's some different decisions I could have made. I don't regret any of the, the ones that I made, but I made some bad decisions in parenting. I definitely made bad dating decisions. I definitely made bad um, I made some bad business decisions and all of those came to a head um, a couple different times that led me into even more stress at my at my job. I was working way over full time. I was running a huge clinic at that time by then. Um, I had a couple chiropractors working for me. I had three or four massage therapists, three or four full-time staff and we were busy. We were really busy. We were 
probably one of the largest um, alternative med spas in the western suburbs and certainly one of the busiest and we you know I was doing that and trying to run a full-time practice within that and it was it 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 was messy and ugly and I was overworked and I was making really poor health choices at the time um, by working and not eating right and doing all those things and so my faith was not even in the mix at that time really I knew God was there I knew I was mad and I knew that it must be up to me then right I did a lot of personal development and you know a piece of the story I may have missed back in the beginning is that when I was growing up we were introduced to Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar and all of these great personal development people and I had to open up that success box and and start down that path it was in my DNA it didn't take a lot but that was the time when this my practice had to pivot Obamacare came around I had a lot of pivots every single year after 2012 um, and made some good decisions but made a lot of bad ones and honestly not much changed right I changed and I quit my practice one day uh, one of the chiropractors quit and I was just like you know what I'm just done with this whole thing and I literally quit practice um, we it was a very dark time um, at the end of 2016 17 and I really it was just a dark time I had pivoted and changed with Obamacare so many times in the practice and had no faith and it was just it was just a bad time and I I literally just quit practice I didn't I knew financially it was going to be a complete disaster and at the same time I knew God had me even though he was we were mad at each other well he wasn't I was and <laughs> so no I quit practice in, in 2017 and really just landed in somebody else's office and just did functional medicine because that's what I knew I could do and I knew at the time that I needed to simplify and slow down and you can kind of feel how that chaos just came in my life and I had to release it and those are hard decisions to make and I didn't know what else to do and we make some of our hardest decisions and sometimes we just jump even though we're afraid and we don't know what's next we just jump anyway and I think I knew in the back of my mind that God would catch me and it took me a while to let him catch me um, a couple years ago I started having coffee with a couple of girlfriends and um, the fall of 2019 I landed some tickets to Global Leadership Summit which was back up at Willow Creek from my girlfriend and I I had a definite fall on your face moment um, the first after the first day and the second day of the global leadership God knew exactly where to meet me he knew that he could get a hold of me if he talked through other leaders about business and faith 
he knew that he could get a hold of me and my business if he talked in a way that I could understand and business and faith and my workaholism all met last August, a year ago. And I came back and I let him win. <laughs> Just kidding. He was going to win anyway. And I let him win. Uh, and around that 2018 time, I also had another experience um, at, right after I quit my practice before, obviously before I found God again, where my daughter looked at me one day when we were fighting and said, hey mom, you know, sad and disappointed are normal human emotions. And she probably threw a couple F-bombs in there. And um, I was stopped dead in my tracks and I knew that I had to figure this thing out because I was the suck it up queen. Hey, suck it up, pivot, suck it up, pivot, don't feel anything. And I was pretty numb, you know, I'm sure as I tell the story, like you can feel that right in 2012, angry, numb, so, so much chaos in that I had brought into my life and couldn't really feel anything anymore. And I did some really hard personal development work and I'm going to be, I'll be happy to tell you more about that. If you want to know more, it's very personal, um, through a group called Sci Seminars and, um, you know, I, I went through everything that they had to offer and honestly, two years of really hard work and I feel everything now, sad and disappointed and I hold space for that and have empathy that I didn't know I could have for my family. Always brought it into practice, didn't always have it for my family. And um, I'm a different person. I'm a completely different person than I was a year ago. I'm a completely different person than I was six months ago because of God's grace and faith and the way that he's brought me through all of that and the way that um, I've been able to stay healthy through all of that chaos. And I really feel like some of that time I was running from doing this for him. And so sitting here and doing this podcast, talking about my faith and talking about my journey, I know I've left out some parts and I'm sure they'll come out in other conversations. I just want you to know today that life is messy and that even when you're fighting with God or don't believe that there's a God or wonder if he hates you, because I certainly have had days um, that I was sure God hates me. I know God hates me. I've even said it out loud <laughs> and I've said it to girlfriends um, even in the last four or five months and they know and I know that that's not true. And I'm here to tell you that the I'm not good enough, I'm not enough, uh, the inside parts don't always match what the outside looks like can actually be healed. And I, I started to experience that healing a year ago. And in May, one of the weird blessings of COVID of slowing way down and really allowing God's love to start penetrating into those places of not good enough helped me really understand that 
I cannot outperform any brokenness that I have. I cannot outperform the imperfections that I have. I was made perfect by God and I'm seen as perfect because of Christ. And I'm gonna keep making bad decisions as good as I possibly can and still be human and not perfect. And just understanding that relationship of the perfect God and me being made perfect actually for what he wants me to do. And that's sit right here and talk to you. And I hope to bring some super fun conversations. I hope that just um, opening up a little bit about my messy past will help you open up about your messy past, whether it's to me or to other people, because we all have it. And there's a lot more in my past that we can certainly talk about and will come out in the future. Uh, I just feel like uh, I wanted to hit the high points with you and not uh, drag you into the, the mud too deeply. Just know <clears throat> that those icky deep parts really can be healed and it is a journey and I'm not there yet, right? I, I There's so much that can be so much better. And so there you go. That is... That's it in a nutshell. So I uh, look forward to bringing more and more to you. I want to help you understand how your faith and your health and your work and your life and all of that can be mashed up into an amazingly imperfect, perfectly imperfect, <laughs> authentically living, don't have it all figured out kind of life. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Spark Faith Podcast with me, Dr. Chris Sargent. Please hit subscribe, hit the bell, like, repost, do all the things. Find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, find me on iTunes and Spotify podcast. Tell all your friends how awesome we are. And I look forward to seeing you the next conversation where we admit we don't have it all figured out and our faith and our life and our health and our work can be very messy and it can be fun too.